The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, folks. This is the On Point with Victor Show. Welcome one, welcome all. This is the America's Web Radio station you are tuned into. Unless you're listening later, then you're probably on Spotify or Apple Podcast or uh, just about any other platform you will find me. Uh, I am Victor Armendariz, and we've got a lot to get to today. And uh, I, I got so I'm just gonna throw my notes right out the door here because there's there's a lot of news happening and things going on. And I will get to the vote. I'm going to get to, so it took 15 votes to get us a speaker or to, to a, to nominate a speaker of the house. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I would have been fine with 115 votes. As the longer the house and the, the, let's just put it this way. The longer the Congress doesn't, uh, isn't in session, the more they're not screwing us. For, for lack of a better term, uh, I'm trying to be nice and try to keep this a family show. But uh, the longer the Congress is out of session, the better it is for the American people. I, I mean, folks, I, I can't put it any other way. So I didn't have – for two reasons, I didn't have a problem with what with what the Freedom Caucus was doing and, and making this vote go into 15 votes. And again, I wouldn't have had a problem with 115 votes. Because these fools in Washington, they don't have your interest at heart. They don't have we the people. They do not have our interest at heart. They have power in their heart. And they're doing things for themselves first before they're doing things for the people. Now, I'm not mad. I'm just right. Or as I say, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And uh, and I was right on this. I had, uh, folks, I got to tell you, I had people from all directions and everywhere all over the place uh, that were texting me, wanting me to jump on board, especially on radio. They wanted me to jump on and pile on the Freedom Caucus, and I wasn't going to do it, nor did I do it. I was telling everybody, no, this is a good thing. This is a good thing what's going on. And I had people from all walks of life and every all around telling me that, that this was a clown show and a this show and a that show. And uh, if we don't give in to the establishment, we just look like fools and we're making – no. And I just kept telling people, no, no, let the system work. Let the system work. Understand what the Freedom Caucus is doing. Go read what the Freedom Caucus wants. Go read what they're demanding because what they're demanding is actually more power to the people, which is what government should be doing because we the people own this place. We own this government. We are a republic and don't ever forget it. For all the Democrats and the, and the, and the media types out there that scream democracy, 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 we're losing democracy. Well, you just saw the best example of a republic, which is what we are. Or if you want to call us democracy, fine. We are a democracy by rule of law. We're a democracy because we're a republic. The type of democracy we are, if you want to use the word democracy, would be a republic <laughs> or a democracy by republic. Uh, we are. Re- uh, how about this? We're a representative democracy. There you go. You can use that. But for all you people out there that were screaming in the top of your lungs that democracy, democracy, we're losing it. Well, the best example of democracy happened last week when the Freedom Caucus actually fought their own party. You will never see this with the Democrats. You will never see this with the Democrats. But you saw it because the Freedom Caucus and the conservatives, they actually care about people. They actually care about we the people. They actually care about government growing too big. 
And they finally asserted they had a chance to assert some power and they did. Because if we don't demand that we rein in these establishment career Republican politicians, then what good are they? What good are they? What difference are they than the Democrats? You know, in the, <laughs> I won't even, I'm not even going to go there. But what, what, what difference would it make to continue to elect establishment Republicans? Look, let's listen to me what happens here. This happens. We're, we're on a cyclical type of thing here, uh, in, in our government and, and going through the years. If you just pay attention, we, we, the Republicans come in and they do a pretty darn good job. Uh, and the, and, and the economy goes well. And then the Democrats come in. People forget. And then the Democrats come in and they screw things up. And then the people put the Republicans back in charge and they fix things. And then the Democrats come back in and they screw things up. And then, and then by, by, by sheer luck, people were finally frustrated so much with the establishment on both sides that they elected Donald J. Trump in 2016. Donald J. Trump became president in 2016 and really, really put a thorn in the establishment side. They really did. He, he really did. And then he's at least now he wasn't the best fiscally president that he could have been, but he was pretty darn good. And he brought light to the swamp. And anytime you flash the light of truth on the swamp, that's a good thing. And that's what Trump started to do. And then you look at just by putting conservative Donald J. Trump. I've said this before and I'll say it again, was the most conservative president we've had since Ronald Reagan and his policies. That Donald Trump, his policies, when he put them in, look at what happened to the economy. We were off and running. This economy was doing amazing. Everybody, every American citizen in this country was doing well. If you weren't doing well, then it was probably your fault. And and I don't mean to be mean by that, but uh, when you have an economy like Donald Trump had, if you're not happy in your in, in your job or where you're going, there was plentiful jobs to go get. There were plenty of of, of opportunities to go try something different. You can't do that in a Biden economy. You can't do that in, in most Democrat economies. And you darn sure aren't going to do it now in Biden's 2023 economy, folks, because what's coming is in a recession. And, and anybody out there that's trying to tell you, oh, it's going to be a light landing. It's going to be a light recession. It's going to be we're going to skirt the recession. No, we're going to have a recession there. You can't sugarcoat it. I don't care if you try to label it a good recession, a bad recession, a, a light recession, a an easy recession. It doesn't matter. A recession is a recession. It means that the economy is slowing down. It means that people are going to hurt. It means that Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. It means that Americans can't afford the basic needs of life. So I don't care what kind of a recession it is, but the the reason we're going to a recession is because of Joe, Brandon, Biden, and the Democrats. And now, last week, we had five or so Freedom Caucus Republicans that said enough is enough. And so many of you out there were ready to throw them under the bus. You didn't want to throw the establishment under the bus. No, no, you didn't want to do that. You wanted to jump on board with the establishment Republicans as if they've done anything for you lately. And you wanted to throw the freedom card. The only people who are really standing to put power back in the hands of the people, to put power back in the hands of the American people, the, the those people you are ready to throw under the bus. So I hope, I hope, I hope. And again, look, folks, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just right. And I hope a lot of you, you folks out there, a lot of you people out there, who who were ready to jump on board with the establishment Republicans because you were afraid of optics. Listen, don't be afraid of optics. You are lied to every four years or every two years or every time the government gets close to shutting down because the Democrats want to spend more and the Republicans actually want to put their feet in the ground, which the establishment never will. But when they do, 
and you get, it gets close to an esta- a government shutdown, what do they tell you? The optics, the optics. And then who comes riding in? The establishment Republicans. And they get in bed with the Democrats because they're afraid of the optics. Look, the establishment Republicans are afraid of their own shadow, folks, and it's about time we put a stop to it. And that's what these Freedom Caucus members of, of the Republican Congress, that's what they were doing. They're fighting for us, folks. I don't care what the media says. I don't need... I don't care if it's Fox News or CNN or any of them. And I don't care if it's Hannity. Look, I love Sean Hannity, but he was wrong on this, and I hope he realizes it. And I hope Sean Hannity has the guts to to admit that he was wrong on this. Because he, he in my opinion, he was pretty hard on, on Representative Lauren Boebert. I think he was kind of rude to her. Uh, she was right, and he was wrong. And I hope he admits it. I hope he admits it. And, and again, I love Sean Hannity. I've listened to him for a long time. I don't have a problem with Sean Hannity. But he was wrong in this case. So, so again, this is what you're going to get from On Point with Victor. You are never going to get a wishy-washy On Point with Victor. You're never going to get a wishy-washy Victor. I am going to tell you what I think when I think it. And I'm, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. But I'm consistent. I'm consistent because I don't like big government. I don't like the establishment Democrats. I don't like the establishment Republicans. This is why, then many of you noticed, I don't have guests on my shows. I very rarely, I should say, because I'm not going to say never, because every now and then somebody deserves to be a guest on my show. But I don't do many guests. And and you're not going to hear many politicians talk to <laughs> On Point with Victor because most of them don't like me. Most of them are afraid to talk to me because I don't care if you've got an R by your name. If you are not doing what you should be doing, if you're not up- upholding conservative, freedom, loving, liberty, loving principles, then you know what? You probably don't want to talk to me because I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. I will never be mean to an elected official. I'm not going to be mean to anybody, really. Come on, folks. You guys know me. I'm not going to be mean to anybody, but I will hold your feet to the fire. I will ask tough questions, and that's what we should all do. That's what we should all do. So, so folks, I, I'll get to a little bit more of that. I probably went way in more to that than I wanted to right now because I got to talk about real quick. So don't worry. Don't worry. I will get back. I will get back into uh, talking about the the speaker of the vote and all that and where we're headed and and why it's a good thing that the Freedom Caucus did what they did, uh, I'll tell you even more good things than I than I already just told you. Uh, but I I got to talk real quick about my goodness, who did they find classified documents? Whose house? Whose closet? Well, I shouldn't say house because it was an office. Now, one of the questions that needs to be asked here, and yes, I'm talking about Joe Brandon Biden, and yes, they found classified documents, and yes, they're going to make a clown show out of this. And I'm going to tell you what I mean about a clown show in in just a second. But let's go over the facts. They found classified documents or classified documents were found in an office at Penn State, I believe, Penn State University or University of Penn, one of those in Pennsylvania. They found – so Biden, Joe Brandon has an office there. And they found in a closet, locked in a closet, they found some classified documents found by his lawyer as they were cleaning out to get to leave those offices. So I guess the money dried up. I guess the university doesn't want to pay Biden anymore because the question needs to be asked. Why did Joe Brandon Biden have an office in this university and how much money did he get from this university? How much money was funneled to the Biden family? I'm just look, folks, you I will always tell you to follow the money. I tell you all the time to follow the money. So this one question needs to be asked, not just why were there classified documents on a university's and an office, 
But why did Joe Biden have the office? Why did he have it for this long? And how much money did he get for being there? How much money did the Biden name, how much money did the Biden family earn off the Biden name at this university? I want to know. And every one of you Americans out there, every voter out there, every citizen out there should want to know. And, and, and we have the right to ask. So that's, that's the first question. Then we can talk about, well, all right, you had classified documents. Why? Why did he do it? Is, is this, is this something normal? Because we all know all presidents and, and apparently VPs, they'll take documents or copies of documents to put in their own archives. Um, I, whatever, that's what's done. And, and, and if, and if an inappropriate document is taken, then it should be returned. And that's what happened with Trump. They returned the documents and, and they, whatever you think about the raid, whatever, they got documents that they needed and they're back at the archives. And now Joe Brandon Biden has documents classified and they need to go back to the archives. But let me tell you where the problem lies here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you, so I don't have a problem that Joe Biden had classified documents. I, I don't have a problem. I, like I said, all presidents do it. And again, I'm going to be consistent. I'm not going to jump down Biden's throat, and I didn't jump down Trump's throat because Obama did it. I'm sure Clinton did it. I bet Reagan – they all do it. And if they take documents that they're not supposed to or and, – and, any, and, and let's face it. There are degrees of classification, So the, and the president can declassify anything just by uttering the words. So – it's easy for presidents to make mistakes. It's easy for presidents to take things they're not supposed to take. And then when the archives request them back, they should give them back. But here's the problem I have, folks. Don't ever – I don't want any CNN, MSNBC, or any of the other mainstream, lamestream media outlets. I don't ever want you, Democrat voter included, you sycophant progressives out there, don't ever tell me that the DOJ is not – in the bed with Democrats. Don't ever try and tell me that the media is, there's not a full on bias in the media. Don't tell me that CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, all of these, don't try and tell me that they don't hold a bias, that they're not on the side, on the Democrat side or on Team D, that they're, they're don't tell me they're not on Team Democrat. Now, how do I know this? As if I didn't have enough, enough evidence before? Ladies and gentlemen, the DOJ and the Democrats and the media all knew that Biden had classified documents in, in inappropriately being kept in a closet at Pennsylvania State or, or Pennsylvania University or University, whatever it was. Fact of the matter, he had inappropriate documents. He had classified documents he wasn't supposed to have. They all knew it before the midterm elections. They all knew it before the midterm elections, and not one person uttered it or leaked it. The DOJ bent themselves in I don't know how many ways to make sure that this news of classified documents being in Biden's possession, they made sure that you, the people, we, the voters, they made sure we didn't know about it before the midterm election. They all knew it. Now, what did they do with Donald Trump? They made a you know what show out of the fact that Trump had classified documents. They used the FBI to do a raid and made sure it was on camera. They went wall to wall, 24 seven coverage over classified documents being in Trump's possession. And not only did they go wall to wall, they made up stories. They said there were nuclear secrets. All of that was made up. All of those, those 
those nuclear secrets and all this BS and numbers and this and numbers that all of that was made up, but they wanted you. They wanted you to believe that Donald Trump did something so egregious that you just couldn't vote for the GOP in November. They made it a clown show and they made it a, 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 uh, I want, I, I, I'm not going to say it, a crap show so that they could besmirch Donald Trump and besmirch the Republicans before the midterm elections. Every media outlet, the DOJ, they all made sure that news came out. And then they sent the FBI to make sure they had good optics. There's that word again, optics. They sent in the FBI to make sure that all the optics were there, that Donald Trump was being raided because he did something he shouldn't have done. He had classified documents. And they made sure that everybody saw this before the midterm elections. But what did they do with Biden? They hid. They did everything they could to hide this from the American people until after the midterm elections. That is all the proof you need, ladies and gentlemen, to see the bias that is going on in the DOJ, the bias that goes on in the media. Don't try and give me excuses. I don't want to hear this spokesperson, whatever her name is. I can't. I'm just I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. But I don't care what they say, folks. There is no way that you can honestly look at these two events and try to convince yourself or anyone else that there is not bias in the media and bias at the DOJ. They covered for Joe Brandon Biden, and they tried to make Donald Trump look like a common day criminal. And they did this before they made Donald Trump look as bad as possible before the midterm elections, and they tried to protect Biden before the midterm elections. And if you don't think this didn't have a negative effect on the GOP, look, I would tell you that this probably had a bigger impact than the abortion issue did. And the Republicans didn't have the big wave, and this was probably one of the big reasons why. And then the Democrats were able to still get people to go, oh, I'm just going to vote for them because they didn't know. Because the DOJ and the media, they buried this story just like they buried the Hunter Biden laptop story. They will do everything they can to protect the Democrats. And they will do everything they can to destroy the Republicans. You people out there, (laughs) you voters out there, we the people, we the voters, we the citizens, we have got to stop letting the establishment politicians, the career politicians, and the media dictate to us what we know. We must look through the BS and understand what's going on so we can make our own informed decisions. That, ladies and gentlemen, that has to happen. And we'll be right back. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. On August 8th, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. 
The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand and take back our country. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the America's Web Radio Station. I am Victor Armendariz. This is the On Point with Victor show. Yes, the Mexican, not afraid to be American. So listen, folks, I, I'm going to move on from this Biden mess, but, but this is what I mean by a clown show. What the media is going to do now, what CNN is going to do, what MSNBC is going to do, what it, what NBC and ABC and CBS and PBS and NPR, what they're all going to do now is the grandstand and tell you, look what we're reporting. We're being equal time. We're reporting that Biden has uh, documents. And then they'll start to sugarcoat it. And then the DOJ is going to pretend. Listen, <coughs> excuse me, folks. Sometimes my voice just cracks away. But understand, the DOJ, Merritt Garland knows that he is cold busted. So he's going to assign some attorney in Chicago. Yeah, like that guy's not in in the bag with the Democrats. But he's going to go through the motions and pretend that they're assigning an attorney. They're going to look into the Biden, uh, to Joe Brandon Bidens. They're going to look into classified documents. They're going to put on a show for you until it goes away. They're not going to raid Biden's house. They're not going to raid Biden's office. They're not going to go looking for more documents. But they're going to grandstand and they're going to make try and make you believe that they're doing the same thing to Biden that they did to Trump. And it is 100% different. 100%. They will be treated different. They will protect Biden. But they are going to try and fool the American people, which is what the Democrats always do. And one day, one day you voters are going to realize this. And sometimes the establishment Republicans do the same thing. Like last week with the speaker's fight, the establishment Republicans were trying to fool all of you into believing that they, they had the right ideas, that the Freedom Caucus are kooks, that somehow the Freedom Caucus were, were terrorists and the Freedom Caucus were making us look bad. No, no. You, the establishment Republicans, you, Lindsey Gramnesty, you, Mitch McConnell, you, Lynn Cheney, you, Adam Schlesinger. I know those two aren't there anymore. Whatever that dude's name is. But you, establishment Republicans, you, Dan Crenshaw. Yes, I have a problem with Dan Crenshaw. Look, I love the man for what he did when he served for this country. But that man is has has fallen into the establishment hold. I don't know why. And maybe if, if you're being represented by Dan Crenshaw, maybe it's time for you to call him up and talk to him. Maybe it's time for him to have a town hall and answer to his constituents on why he's he's so willing to play with the establishment and so willing to to throw the Freedom Caucus under the ground, under the bus. Why is he caught? Why did he call the Freedom Caucus terrorist? Because he basically did. He called the Freedom Caucus the enemy. Dan Crenshaw needs to answer for that. I don't care if he's a Republican. Don't care. He needs to answer for what he did and what he called the uh, is that the Freedom Caucus. He called him the enemy. No, no. The Democrats are your enemy. The, and maybe that's strong. But they are your adversaries. The progressives are your adversaries. Joe Biden is your adversaries. 
The establishment Republicans, Mitch McConnell and Gramnesty and these other fools out there, they are your adversaries, not the Freedom Caucus. The Freedom Caucus is the only one standing up for we the people. They really are. I'm sorry. Now, now I have high hopes for the Republican Party. I hope, I hope that they put in and, and they do the conservative things they need to do. Uh, I, I'm not against them. That's all we have to work with. But we better start holding the Republican establishment's feet to the fire, just like the Freedom Caucus just did. And look, if the Freedom Caucus steps out of the line, I'll be the first to, to point it out to you on radio. I will. I'll be the first. But understand, don't try and tell me there's not a double standard because of what's happening with the, with Joe Biden. And so I, that's that's what I'm all I'm going to say about that. Now I also now I want to get back into this vote that it took 15 votes, and some of you were so upset about that. But I was telling you, be cool, stay calm. This is going to work out. This is going to the, what the Freedom Caucus is doing has to be done. And ladies and gentlemen, if ever I said this at the opening of the show, if ever democracy was working or our republic works, you saw it last week. We you don't trust me when I say this. We the people, we as American citizen voters, we don't ever want to get to a point where our politicians are just playing footsies with each other and going along to get along. We don't ever want that because they're going to put their interest in front of yours. They're going to put their interest in front of we the people. It's as simple as that. And we don't ever want to become complacent that we allow the establishment Republicans to force conservatives to go along to get along. We don't want that. And the establishment Republicans of these career politicians are always going to tell you and me and the voters. They're going to tell us, oh, oh, well, we look, we look foolish. Oh, the Democrats are making fun of us. Oh, the Democrats are raising money. I don't care. The Democrats are going to raise money. You know how the Republicans can raise money? By doing the right thing. By doing what's good for people. Doing what's good for the American voter. That's what the Freedom Caucus is trying to do. And thank God for the Freedom Caucus. I, I don't care what you think about Matt Gates, and I'm not a hundred percent with with Matt Gates on everything that he does or says. But Matt Gates had the people; he put the people first last week, and so did Lauren Boebert, and so did Andy Biggs, and so did uh, a lot of these other Freedom Caucus members. So don't tell me that I have to go along to get along because that's not going to fly with On Point with Victor. It ain't going to fly with me. No, I, I have seen what going along to get along does in other countries. I've seen Mexico become a socialist de- democracy crap hole. And, and I look, you, you people know that my heritage is Mexico, Mexico and Spanish. And I can't say anything better for Spain. Spain's they, they've fallen into a socialist crap. Look at their economy. It's terrible. And, and, and look what Mexico's doing. Mexico's playing footsies with cartels. The Mexican government is playing footsies with the cartels. They're going along to get along. That is not the way you lead a country. That's not the way you put your people first. And we here in this country, by golly, we are an exceptional nation. And we darn well better start acting like it. So don't ever fall into complacency, folks. You you have the power. Your vote has the most power in any, out of anyone in this world, not just our country, but in this world. And when you exercise your vote appropriately because you've investigated, you've researched, 
and you're not going along to get along, you're holding representatives to the fire, you're holding Congress's feet to the fire. When you do that, you're going to end up with better representatives. You're going to end up with a government that works for the people and doesn't work for Washington. A government that works for Washington is screwing we the people. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, I what happened the other day or last week was a good thing. It was at, our founding fathers would be so proud of what the Freedom Caucus did last week. And don't try and tell me otherwise. Our founding fathers explicitly wrote this constitution, explicitly wrote our republic, our form of government they created for the purpose of not to go along to get along. They're supposed to be checks and balances. They're supposed to be battles. They're supposed to be the brakes put on when the brakes need to be put on. And the time has come and the Freedom Caucus saw the opportunity to look at the establishment Republicans and go, no, no more. No more. We have the power now to stop you and to make you change your habits. We have the power now to make the establishment Republicans put the people first again. Because the establishment Republicans have fallen out of, out of, uh, they've, they've fallen out of what they need to be doing. They're, they're, they're not conservatives and looking for, out for the people anymore. They've been looking out for them. They've been playing too long in the Washington swamp. And we'll be right back. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com, and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. This is the Unpopular with Victor Show. Hey, if you listen. live just... If you want to help out America's Web Radio and On Point with Victor, you become you can become a patron. And a, a big thank you to you listeners out there that are already patrons. But go to AmericasWebRadio.com, AmericasWebRadio.com, 
and uh, become a patron of the On Point with Victor show or pick another show. Uh, it, we, we would greatly appreciate it, folks. We can't do this for free. And look, America's Web Radio has grown to be probably the most influential uh, radio, online radio station out there. Um, it, it's amazing our reach. It's amazing. I, I can't thank you listeners enough. I've got listeners all the way to Mexico that listen to this show. So uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing and it's pretty awesome. Um, so help us out if you can. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right, folks. So let me tell you one of the best things that came out of this uh, battle last week. The speaker battle last week and and one of the best things that came. And, and every one of you out there should be thanking the Freedom Caucus for this. But do you guess what the House is going to vote on? Guess what McCarthy had? And understand this. Kevin McCarthy would have never brought this bill to the floor to to have a vote. He would never do it. Never had it not been for Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and the rest of the Freedom Caucus who demanded that he do this. And, and he agreed to it. And now this vote is going to come to the floor. This bill is going to come to the floor for a vote. And I'm talking, ladies and gentlemen, about the fair tax, the consumption tax bill, the bill that if passed would abolish the IRS, would abolish the federal income tax. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no greater bill on this planet, no greater bill in Washington that would do more for this country and more for freedom and more for liberty than this bill. And now Kevin McCarthy has to bring it to the floor for a vote, and he's going to. Now, don't tell me. Now, the establishment line is, oh, it's not going to pass. Oh, the Senate's never going to pass it. And if they did, Biden would veto it. I don't care. Understand me. I don't care. Because if you don't go through the motions and you don't make the fair tax, the consumption tax, if you don't make this bill, if you don't bring it to light and you don't make so the media has to cover it, then the people don't know you're fighting for it. And you've got to put the Democrats on notice. We're going to fight for this. Today, we may only be able to pass it in the House. But tomorrow, you don't know what we're going to be able to do. And come 2024, ladies and gentlemen, after we go through the recession, that's the the pending recession, we're probably going to get a a Ron DeSantis as president in 2024, or we're going to get Donald Trump as a second term in 2024. One of those guys is coming. One of those guys is going to win. And then we're going to get some Republicans. We're going to have a much favorable election in 2024, I think, where we'll, we'll pick up a couple of seats possibly in the Senate. And I believe we'll get more seats in the House. What does that mean? That means that if the Republicans start fighting now, they fight now for what's good for the people. And there is nothing better out there for the people, ladies and gentlemen, than the fair tax, the consumption tax. It would do more for the people in this country than any other bill that that is around, any other bill. And if they fight for it now, when 2024 comes around, they could very well get this bill passed. And do you understand what it means to abolish the IRS? Do you understand what it means to get rid of the federal income tax, ladies and gentlemen? I will go through this maybe on the next show, but it is, it, this is huge. But the only reason this bill is coming to the floor for a vote and is going to get national attention, the only reason is because of what the Freedom Caucus did last week by making the establishment Republicans agree to some conservative policies. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot stress that enough, and David looks like he has a comment. you have any idea which radio station 
has supported the fair tax for over 15 years. Well, I'm, he has to do a show on the... I'm going to say America's Web Radio. We did, and we uh, we had one of the founders on, and we... Uh, he was, he was uh, very big in Georgia on the fair tax, and... Um, yeah, we supported it from the get-go. And, you know, the fair tax is one of those things that uh, it's almost like you, you've heard the old saying, don't confuse me with facts. My mind's made up. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, people come out, well, we'll, we'll never be able to collect mm-hmm. the money that we need to, like we do on um, income tax. Well, it's been proven over and over and over again. The consumption tax will bring in a boatload more oh, than the absolutely. income tax. Absolutely. You can't hide from a consumption tax. That's right. You can hide from an income tax. As, but, and, and not only that, David, you know one of the best things Donald Trump said in uh, when he was running in pre- for president in 2016 was they asked him about his taxes. Oh, you didn't pay taxes. And, and Hillary, in one of the debates, Hillary tried to get him on this, and Donald Trump said, you know what? I may uh, take advantages on my tax reporting, but I'm only following the rules that you people developed. And that's the thing about the income tax. The politicians will tweak the income tax and make it so convoluted so they're friends. And and, he, and Donald Trump looked at Hillary and goes, and you know what? You will never change it because your friends benefit just like I did. And that's the problem with the income tax. You can't do that with a consumption tax. You no, can't do yeah. it with a fair tax. You know, well, it's not fair to the guy that buys the $10 million yacht. Look at the tax <laughs> that he's going to have to pay on it. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew it going in. Exactly. It, and you know what, David? A person who can afford the $10 million yacht or the $20 million estate and all that, they're not going to scoff at a, at a, at a, at a sales tax. Because they're used to paying absorbent. I mean, they don't even look at things. When you, oh, let me put it this way, ladies and gentlemen, when you have the kind of money that Elon Musk have, or 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 uh, the uh, Amazon guy has, or the Google people have, you're not concerned with taxes, no matter how they're collected. I mean, David, am I right? I mean, they, well, I can't, I can't speak for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly in their league. I'm, I'm at the, but if you were, 180 degrees, but, um, if no. I, if I were, no, and, and this is the thing, like you said about Donald Trump saying about paying income tax, mm-hmm. you know, that's why they have accountants. That's why yes. they have lawyers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Democrats over the years have tried to put sneaky little things into the every time into the income tax into the code. But you know, a person that has to worry about it, he has the people that can read between the lines and yep. say, "Well, all we well, have to do is you know pay your dog for." Yeah. Uh, you know, David, you've got a great point there because what every middle class person, upper middle, lower middle, across the board. Every one of you out there should want the fair tax. You should want a consumption tax because none of you, none of you peons, you peasants, we the peasants, none of us can afford the accounting teams and the lawyers that these elitists can afford. This tax code is written by politicians so their rich friends can get around the taxes. 
And that's what they do. But you and me and the rest of us peasants out there, we can't afford the team of accountants, the team of lawyers to go through the code and take advantage of to all the advantages that these elitists take, take advantage of. And just like Donald Trump said, Donald Trump looked at Hillary Clinton and said, yeah, yes, I game the system, but it's your system. You Democrats and you establishment Republicans, you're the ones that wrote the code. You're the ones that wrote in all the ex- exemptions for your buddies. Well, you know what? I have the money and I have the team to take advantage of those loopholes that you wrote for your buddies. You wrote, Donald Trump looked at Hillary Clinton and said, you'll never change it because your donors, your buddies, especially her donors, they all take advantage of the way they wrote the code. But you and me and we the people, whether you're upper middle or middle middle or lower middle, wherever you are on the scale, you can't take advantage of the loopholes because you can't afford the team of lawyers that it takes to make sure that you are taking advantage of all the loopholes. You don't have the buddies in Washington. You don't have the lobbyist connections. You don't have the connections with the Clintons to make sure that they write you out of the tax code. You don't have all that. Every one of you people that are not an elitist, (laughs) I mean, I'm talking 70% of this country, 80% of this country, all of you should be for the fair tax. You should all be for the consumption tax. And let me tell you something else. The government has no business knowing how much you make. The government has no business knowing how much you earn. We are in a free country of liberty, freedom. Uh, We're a republic. To have a progressive tax code is is the antithesis to freedom. Your government is elected representatives of we the people. We own the government. They should not know how much we make. No government official has the right to know what we make. They don't even have the right to know what we spend it on. And David, you look like you got another comment. Well, just the fact that uh, if people looked at and they worry about illegals. Oh my God, we're spending all this money on illegals and, uh, they're not contributing their part. The fair tax makes them contribute oh, their 100% fair. David. And that's another great point by the legend Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, what Dave is talking about, there would be no underground economy. If you want, if your politicians, establishment Republicans and Democrats, if you want to flood this country with illegals, then at least we should be able to collect taxes from them. And don't tell me they pay taxes because they don't. They may pay a little here and a little there, but they're not paying the taxes to the degree that you and me are paying. And and I can't stress that enough. So if you want, if you politicians out there who are supposed to represent us, we the people, if you want to open these borders, then get rid of the IRS, get rid of the tax system. Let's bring a consumption tax so that every soul in this country has to pay the equal amount of taxes. That's the only way to be fair. And that is freedom and that is liberty. Because if you politicians want to sit around Washington and come up with the most ridiculous spending plans and the most ridiculous funding programs and the most ridiculous welfare programs, hey, knock yourself out. If you if you give me the fair tax, you give me the consumption tax where I have the ability to decide what I'm paying because I have the ability to decide what I buy. You don't get to know what I make. You only get to reap the, the sales tax of what I buy. 
If you give me that system, then I don't really give a crap of what, what kind of spending programs you go do. Because it's my choice. You can't hold a gun to my head anymore. You don't have the IRS to be the most powerful agency in this country to tell me at the point of a gun that I got to pay more or I got to show what I'm doing while letting the illegal come over and, and, and get every spending program, take advantage of every program they can that's paid by me. But the IRS is going to come to me and tell me I got to give more so the illegals can have more. No, no, no. It ain't going to work that way, folks. It can't. And trust me, believe me, I know I have compassion. These are my people that are over there in Mexico that want a better life. But I'm an American first. And we cannot sit by and continue to allow this kind of progressive tax system where the American voter, the American citizen is punished while the illegal lives pretty darn nice. And the people in this country who who are citizens, who who don't want to work, they just want to live off handouts. They shouldn't get a free ride either. And and if you want to continue to create dependency in this country, you ridiculous politicians in Washington, then give us, give we the people, give us hardworking Americans the fair tax. Give us the consumption tax because then we can decide how much money you get to play with. And then you go do whatever you want with that money because we can, A, we can still vote you out, but B, you're not holding a gun to our heads telling us we need to pay more, that we need to bleed more because, because you need more of our sweat equity. No, ladies and gentlemen, we're in a free country, ladies and gentlemen, and the first obligation to every citizen in this country is to pay for their family first, put food on their table first, then the government gets money. That is the way this should work. And that's how the fair tax consumption tax would work. And thanks to the Freedom Caucus, thank you to the Freedom Caucus because of what they did last week. Now the fair tax, the consumption tax idea is coming back to the forefront. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you why this is so different. In the 90s and in the two, early 2000s when we were pushing the fair tax when America's web radio was working hard pushing the fair tax when Neil Bortz was blue to his face explaining the fair tax when your humble host Victor Armendariz was out there as a speaker for the fair tax speaking on behalf of anyone who would listen to me and ladies and gentlemen I went and spoke at group after group after group I spent weekends Speaking in front of groups to educate them on the fair tax. We did those things. You know what we didn't have? We didn't have the social media craze that we have now. So thanks to the Freedom Caucus, this bill is going to come to the floor and social media is going to run with the fair tax and the consumption tax. So millions of people are going to learn for the first time. What the consumption tax idea is, what this fair tax idea is, they're going to learn for the first time because it's going to get on social media. We didn't have this before. Neil Bortz didn't have this before. John Linder didn't have this before. I didn't have this before. But now we've got social media. And now we've got the, 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 from, from TikTok, which you probably shouldn't use, but from, from Instagram to the Facebook to all the, whatever it is, Snapchat and butt chat, whatever chat it is out there, all the social media now, Twitter, Twitter now, they get, let me tell you something. Thank God for Elon Musk because I guarantee you Twitter would ban the fair tax from being on, on, <laughs> from being on Twitter. Nowadays, now that it's coming to the floor as a vote, they would probably ban it. 
but thank you, Elon Musk, because now Twitter's a free space and, uh, and we're going to be able to get the fair tax information through Twitter and everywhere else. So millions of people are going to learn about the fair tax. And let me tell you what it's going to do to the rest of the world. When Europe and the rest of the world sees that we're talking again about the fair tax, they will go into an utter panic because Europe. And let me tell you what China, China will lose their ever loving mind when they see us talking about a consumption tax because they know what it would do to this country. A consumption tax, the fair tax, if we ever do bring it to this country, which God willing, we will, it will make this country, the United States, it will make the United States the manufacturing capital of the world. We will be the manufacturing capital of the planet. That's not going to bode well for communist China, whose economy is already on toothpicks. That's not going to bode well for Europe, whose economy is already on toothpicks. But it will bode well for the American citizen. We will. You want to alleviate inflation? You want to get prices of everything to go down? Implement the fair tax. Implement a consumption tax. This is the recipe for not just success. It's the recipe for rocket firing economy in the United States. We don't need to care about Europe. We don't need to care about South America. We don't need to care about China. We need to fix America first. Because you know what's going to happen when our boat lifts the American citizen? When our boat lifts the United States? You know what's going to happen? We're going to lift the world with us. We will lift the world. Those who want to participate in the so-called global economy, well, they can follow the United States. They can follow freedom. They can follow liberty. They will have that choice. And if they choose not to make that choice, so be it. So be it. That will be their demise. If they want to stick with communism and they want to stick with socialism over there in Europe, they can do it. But we should not hold back the American people. We shouldn't hold back American ingenuity. We shouldn't hold back the United States of America. We shouldn't hold back our citizens. We should do everything we can do. Do you know what, folks? If your establishment, Washington politicians fought as hard for the American citizen as they're fighting for the Ukrainian citizen, holy cow, both nations would be great. I'm not saying not to fight for Ukraine. I'm not saying not to help Ukraine. But we got to help the American citizen first. Because if we help the American citizen and we fix this country and we start firing on all cylinders again, then we're naturally going to be able to help the rest of the world. When we are kicking butt as the manufacturing hub of the world and our economy is firing on all cylinders and we're so far ahead of everyone else, then the rest of the world takes notice. You won't have these people. You, Russia won't go on their attacking spree, just as they didn't do it when Donald Trump. Donald Trump had us firing on all cylinders. He had us as a strong nation, and China was backing down. Russia didn't move. But as soon as Joe Brandon Biden came in and the Democrat progressive policies weakened our nation, look what Russia did. Look what China's doing. Look what South. Look what North Korea is doing. Look what Iran is doing. All of that can be held at bay with a strong United States, but you cannot have, understand me and listen to me well, you cannot have a strong United States without a strong economy. And the way to get to the strong economy, the strongest economy we could ever have, I mean in history, better than what Donald Trump did, 
is to implement the fair tax, implement the consumption tax, free the shackles of the economy, the economic shackles, free the American people from those shackles, free us from the ridiculous, overbearing IRS. And you watch what the American citizen can do. You watch what the American ingenuity will do. And you watch what our economy will do. You will have to hide from a job, ladies and gentlemen. You will have to hide from a good paying job if we implement the fair tax and the consumption tax. So this bill, I know, I know the Senate's not going to pass it. I know Joe Biden would veto it. But that doesn't matter because you got to fight now. Now we have to fight. And that's what is so great about what the Freedom Caucus did last week. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the only reason the Freedom Caucus was able to wield such power as they did last week on behalf of the American people is because we didn't have that big red wave. And and, and maybe some of it was McCarthy's fault. Maybe a lot of it was the establishment Republicans' fault. And some of it was Trump's doing with some of the candidates. I can be honest with you, folks. I can be honest with you. There's blame to go around to plenty of blame to go around to everybody on why there wasn't a red wave. But because there and remember, I said good things come from everything, folks, with a positive attitude and a positive outlook. You're going to find good things from everything. And the fact that the establishment Republicans did not get their big wins and they have a slim majority that allowed the Freedom Caucus, the conservatives, the freedom loving, liberty loving people that are, are in Congress, the few of them that are in Congress. Maybe it's only 20 of them. But look what they were able to do. Thank goodness that we that the Republicans, and I know this is going to sound crazy to some of you, but thank goodness the establishment Republicans didn't have their overwhelming numbers where they could ignore the Freedom Caucus. Because no longer can Kevin McCarthy ignore, and no longer can the establishment ignore, the Freedom Caucus. Because the only people, and it may, again, it may only be 20 members, led by Jim Jordan, but it only may be about 20 of them or so. But those people have more of, of our interest at heart, more freedom, more liberty-based policies than any establishment Washington Republican. And because McCarthy couldn't ignore them is why the fair tax, the consumption tax idea is about to make news. Pay attention, folks. It's about to make news, and it would not happen. I cannot repeat this enough. Had it not been for the Freedom Caucus Doing what they did last week, Kevin McCarthy and his establishment gang of goons would never, ever, ever bring the fair tax to the floor, to the House floor for a vote. They would never do it. But now they have to. They have to. Thanks to Lauren Boebert. Thanks to Matt Gates, Thanks to Jim Jordan. Thanks to all the Freedom Caucus. Thanks to Andy Biggs. Now they're going to have to do it. So that's the, that's what, that's one of the best things that came out of this, ladies and gentlemen. Now let me tell you some other things, um, that happened. The Freedom Caucus, they got three seats at the rules table. Now what do I mean by that? Now I'm not going to get into deep into the weeds, but let me explain this on an, on an easy level. Let me put this in layman terms. The legislators legislate. They come up with these bills, but there's a rules committee. The rules committee decides what bill will make it to the floor. So these these politicians, establishment politicians can run around every two years and tell you, oh, look what I sponsored. Look what bill I sponsored. Look what I did. But your question needs to be, well, did it make it out of rules committee? Did it make it to a vote? Because the rules committee, uh, legislation is huge, but the rules committee is all the power. 
You can legislate till the cows come home, but the rules committee is where the action is. And now, for the first time ever, the Freedom Caucus members have three seats at the table of the rules committee. So they're going to get to decide which conservative policy they're going to get to push the conservative policy to the floor. The, the establishment Republicans will no longer be able to block it like they've been doing for years and years. If you just didn't know it. So that is a great thing. Now you also have the appropriations committee. Now the freedom caucus has seats at the appropriations committee. Now folks, why is that important? The appropriations committee is where the funding comes from. When you fund the government, when these ridiculous bills pop up at the midnight and they call them the omnibus bills and they get rushed through another trillion dollars to keep the government open, to keep the government funded. Well, now, now the Freedom Caucus has a seat at that appropriations table where they're going to force that all bills are read before they're passed. All bills must be read before they're they're voted on. And and if you're going to fund the government, it's going to have to be clear to the American people on what these these establishment people of uh, Republicans are trying to do uh, when they try and play footsies with the Democrats. Now the Freedom Caucus. Now we have a seat at that table, folks, and that is an amazing thing. An amazing thing. The other thing that the that the Freedom Caucus made McCarthy agree to is to repeal the funding of the IRS agents. You know, Biden's trying to fund eighty seven thousand new IRS agents. They're not going to go after the one percent, folks. There's only a few one percenters. You don't need eighty seven thousand agents to go after one percenters. The eighty seven thousand agents are coming after you. They're there to go after you and me. They're coming after the little guy. There's a lot more little guys than there are one percenters. So when Biden and the Democrats and the establishment Republicans, they try to lie to you and tell you that the, that these 87,000 agents are going after the rich. No, no way, ladies and gentlemen. No way. They're coming after you. There's a lot more of you than there are of them. And that's so. And I know, I know McCarthy, as he was trying to get votes, uh, he, and going into the midterms, he was spouting that he was going to, to defund the 87,000 agents. But honestly, folks, I promise you and guarantee you he would not have done it were it not for last week's Freedom Caucus telling him and making him agree that he must, they must vote. And I believe they've already voted to, to defund. So thank goodness, because if there's anybody that needs to be defunded in this world right now, in this country right now, if there's any entity needs to be defunded, well, let me go down the list. It's the IRS. It's just, it's the Department of Education. It's the EPA. It's, I mean, I could go on and on the government agencies that need to be defunded, including Dr. Fauci's office, which I know he retired. But they, the, the, you, there's so many places in the government bureaucracy that should be defunded. And you know what is not one of them? The police. The police should not be defunded. The military should not be defunded. Now, I'm not saying our military budget can't be better spent because it could be. Because you gotta take out all the money they put in the military budget for all the defense contractors and rubbing, and rubbing elbows with all these, is that, you know, with these defense contractors where the money comes back to the campaign funds. No, we can do something about that. But our military, when it comes to the weapons and the, dis- and the discovery of weapons and the, the invent, the invent innovations, they need all the money we can give them, folks. They need all the money we can give them. And I'm not afraid to say it. So. So that's just some good things there. And uh, let me let me go over some more. So what the Freedom Caucus forced the establishment Republicans to agree to, the a promise for guaranteed votes on pet issues like a balanced 
a budget amendment and term limits, a Texas border plan, an end to remaining coronavirus mandates and funding. All of those things, folks, are being forced on the establishment Republicans because of what the Freedom Caucus did last week. Now, folks, I could go over more, but we're getting to the end of the show. So you guys have a great rest of your week. Stay tuned for Locked and Loaded. It's coming up next. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.